Good morning, Shiloh. All right. If you come to praise the Lord today, let me hear you say amen. All right. Never will a rock cry out in my praise. Oh, he's worthy of all the praise. Oh, as you catch on to this song, we invite you wherever you are to join in and praise the Lord with us in song. Will a rock cry out in my praise? Oh, because he's worthy of all our praise. Oh, so wherever you are, join in right here. Let me hear you. Never will a rock. Never will a rock cry out in my praise. Oh, he's worthy. He's worthy of 
gave a loud shout. They praised the Lord. But many of the older priests and Levites and family leaders wept out loud. They had seen the first temple. No one could tell the difference between the shouts of joy and the sounds of weeping. On this Rededication and Consecration Sunday, we want to talk about rededication amidst disappointment. Rededication amidst disappointment. It's 537 BC in Jerusalem. Many Jews have returned from a long captivity in Babylon. Some have been gone from their homeland for 70 years. Some have been gone for 50 years. Some have never even seen their homeland. They were born in a foreign country. Judah had been driven into captivity as part of God's judgment for generations of disobedience. But now the first wave of exiles has returned home. Everything has changed. The countryside is in the hands of enemies and the city is in ruins. The walls have been torn down and the buildings have been looted. Solomon's temple, built four and a half centuries earlier, had been utterly destroyed. The Babylonians took the gold, the silver, and everything else that they thought had value. The Ark of the Covenant, which bore the law that God had given to Moses, was gone. The altar of sacrifice was gone. The temple implements were gone. There was nothing left but rubble. So the Jews went to work with vigor and determination. They rebuilt the altar and relayed the temple foundation. And at the completion of this portion of the work, they paused for a corporate worship of praise and celebration. But about this worship, an interesting thing is recorded. All the people gave a loud shout. They praised the Lord. But many of the older priests and Levites and family leaders wept out loud. They had seen the first temple. No one could tell the difference between the shouts of joy and the sounds of weeping. I want you to get this picture. The young people danced and cheered. The old people wept bitter tears. Why? 
clearly there was a difference in perspective. And the difference in perspective was based on a difference in experience. The older people could remember the glory of the former temple. And so while they were happy with what they had done, their joy was tempered with tears. The younger people were made up of two generations that had been born in Babylon and in the Medo-Persian Empire. They had no recollection of what had been. Having never enjoyed a temple experience, they cheered the prospect of something new. But to the older ones, to those who had enjoyed a different experience, what they had done only highlighted what was missing. And as they thought about it, they were filled with disappointment. Shiloh, today is our rededication and consecration Sunday. We gather, some physically and most virtually, under circumstances similar to those in the text. There are those who are ready for something new. They've remained in their COVID cocoon long enough, and they're ready and excited about bursting free and celebrating new possibilities, and that's as it should be. There are those who are ready to test their wings and see just how high and how far and how fast they can fly, and that's as it should be. And the time for such liberation is fast approaching. But there's another cry being heard in the camp. It's no less valid, no less earnest, but it comes from a different experience. It comes from an experience of disappointment. And church, let me assure you, particularly young people who may be watching me right now, disappointment is going to come to you sooner or later. As a child, I, I sometimes made light of other people's experiences. I would say things like, that's not a big deal. Why do they keep going on about that? And my mother would look at me and say, boy, just keep getting up in the morning. Well, as I keep getting up in the morning, I've discovered that disappointment will come to all of us. Friends make promises and don't keep them. Marriages that once held great promise dissolve into chaos and divorce. Children let us down. Colleagues betray us. Jobs go away. Doctors can't cure us. Investments disappear. Money is always short. Dreams are shattered. Hopes dissipate. 
our best laid plans go astray. We live in a world of disappointment. They are a part of life. And if we don't come to grips with this truth, we may doom ourselves to be more discontent tomorrow than we are today. In March of 2020, COVID shut us down. COVID held us captive. COVID moved us into a foreign land. Now, nearly two years later, we're ready to come back home, but we find home to be filled with disappointment. Democrats took back the White House and the Congress, but they can't get their agenda no Voting Rights Act, no infrastructure plan. There is disappointment. African-American unemployment in this state is twice that of white unemployment, and it's been that way for 30 years. There is disappointment. Inflation is soaring, and wages can't keep up. There is disappointment. The state legislature is coming together on Tuesday to deal with redistricting and reapportionment, and we must remind them that one-third of six is two. There is disappointment. The East Baton Rouge Parish School Board and the Metro Council must be reminded that communities of interest is code language for sanctioned gerrymandering, and we won't stand for it. There is disappointment. Everybody wants to come back together, but only 51% of our state and 56% of our parish is fully vaccinated. There is disappointment. There was a contrast in the noise that was heard in Jerusalem. The young people were cheering what they thought could be, but the old people were crying over what no longer was. The young people cheered because they only saw this as a singular moment in time. But for those who were older, for those who had been getting up in the morning for a little while, for those who had risen and fallen with the tides of life, for those who had experienced the thrill of going forward only to have the illusion of progress taken away by the cold reality of meanness and insensitivity, this moment brought tears to their eyes. And when I think about the contrast in perspective today, I'm reminded of James Weldon Johnson's lyric, we have come over a way that with tears has been watered. We have come treading our path through the blood of the slaughtered, yet with a steady beat have not our weary feet come to the place for which our parents sighed. The young people gave a loud shout at the prospect of what could be. The old people cried because they remembered all that they had endured to get to the place where they were. Yet, regardless of their perspective, they each arrived at a place of celebration. 
They each arrived at a place of rededication. And for the older ones, it was because they understood that four things are necessary to celebrate amidst disappointment. First, to overcome disappointment, worship has to come before anything else. These returning exiles began rebuilding the altar so they could offer their sacrifices to God. Ezra records that they presented the regular burnt offerings, the new moon sacrifices, and the sacrifices for all the appointed sacred feasts of the Lord, as well as those brought as free will offerings to the Lord, even before the foundation had been laid. My brothers and sisters, if we are going to overcome our disappointment, then worship must always come first. By making worship first, these people were saying, Lord, we want to get right with you. The altar was the symbolic center of the worship experience. It was the place where they brought their sacrifices to be offered to the Lord. Without the altar, there could be no proper worship, no access to God, no communion with God, no lifting of the burden of guilt and failure. The altar was the link between God and man. My brothers and sisters, these are times when we need to have a new commitment to worship of the Lord. Circumstances of life may have worn you out, but you need a fresh start. You don't need to quit. You need to start over again. And, and in those moments, you need to do what these Jews did. You need to run to the altar of sacrifice. And when you're dealing with disappointment, you need to know that the altar is Jesus. And then to overcome disappointment, you have to make a personal investment in the cleanup. Where the temple had been, they, they found a field of rubble. Everything had been destroyed, torn down, and burned. But Ezra says they gave money to the masons and carpenters. They gave food and drink and oil to the people of Sidon and Tyre so that they would bring cedar logs from Lebanon to Joppa. They began the work to supervise the building of the house of the Lord. My brothers and sisters, if we are to overcome disappointment, we have to engage in a massive cleanup. And by cleanup, I ain't talking about moving this piece from here to there. By cleanup, I'm talking about making God's word the center of your life. Don't you understand that when God is no longer at the center, your life gets all cluttered up. When God is no longer at the center, things are out of place. But if you would be able to overcome disappointment, you have to make a personal investment in your spiritual cleanup. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and 
strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Let your light so shine before men and women that they will see your good work and give glory to your Father in heaven. Seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness and all other things will be added unto you. Love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them that use you and persecute you. If you're going to overcome disappointment, cleanup has to take place. And spiritual cleanup means that you have to get back into the word of God. And then if we're going to overcome disappointment, You've got to relay the foundation in spite of the enemies. Some folk are waiting for your enemies to leave you alone. And you're going to be waiting till forever. Because that's not going to happen. In the text, the enemies of these Jews did everything they could to discourage, harass, and oppose the rebuilding effort. And they succeeded for a little while. But despite the opposition, God's people came together and they got to work. Church, don't let the enemy stop you from relaying the foundation. The enemy wants to disappoint you. The enemy wants to frustrate you. The enemy wants to maneuver you into a place of submission. When folk know which button to push, they're going to push it and 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 push it. We can't let that stop us from relaying the foundation. can't do what you want to do. Don't let that stop you from doing what you can do. If you can't build the whole thing, build it one piece at a time. But don't ever stop because the enemy wins when you stop. Martin Luther King Jr. said, you don't have to see the whole staircase, just take the first step. The smallest act of obedience is better than the grandest intentions that are never acted upon. We must do what we can to relay our foundation, and then we have to leave the rest in the Lord's and that leads me to my final point. If we're going to overcome disappointment, you got to remember to give thanks to God. You got to remember to always give thanks to God. I want you to notice something. The people didn't stop and worship because the temple was finished. They stopped and worshiped 
because the work had started. And this is something important for us to understand. Some of us want to wait and celebrate when the work is done. Can I suggest to you that you go ahead and celebrate God before the work gets done? Celebrate God as you start the work. Celebrate God as you put your hand to the plow. Don't wait till the victory is won. Praise him before the battle even begins. Praise him in the midst of your conflict. Praise him when things are going against you. Praise him when enemies are on your trail. Praise him when it looks like the bottom has fallen out. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continuously be in my mouth. wait till it's over you might not ever get a chance to praise him if you praise him now there's strength in the praise there's encouragement in the praise there's joy in the praise there's contentment in the praise there's renewed energy in the praise. I don't have to see it all the way to the end. I'm going to praise you right now. Right now you walk with me. Right now you talk with me. Right now you hold me in the hollow of your hand. I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, but I'm going to praise him right now. Right now. Right now, right now, right now, right now. The young people cheered. The old people cried. I used to be young. Now, I'm old. And I've seen a whole lot of stuff. I've had the bottom fall out of my life. I've, I've had people who promised they'd be with me to turn their backs on me. I've watched systems fail. I've watched folk die who said that they were on my side. I've, I've seen a whole lot of things, but one thing I've never seen. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I've never seen his seed big bread. And so I can't cheer like young folk because I ain't young, but I can cry like old folk, but, but my cry is thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You brought me. You brought me. You brought me from a mighty, 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 mighty long way. And I thank you 
good you have been to me. Lord God, thank you for a word that reminds us that we can praise you even in the midst of disappointment. That everything doesn't have to be the way we want it to be for us to give praise and glory and honor to your name. Bless this simple word which has gone forth. May it be a help to those who have heard. Now, Lord, as we open the doors of your church, if there's some man, woman, boy, or girl who does not know you in the pardon of their sin, we ask that something that is said or done would touch their hearts and cause them to surrender their lives to you. We ask it only in the name of your son, Jesus, and for his sake we pray.